Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Oh, it's awesome. Put your hand on your heart and let's pray together. Say, Lord, your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. That's our prayer this morning. Hey, um, have you ever wrecked anything? I like just put your hand up. And you're allowed to, I love what's your name again? Daniel, I love how vocal you are. Everyone copy Daniel. It's great. It makes it so fun. Our church is very quiet. And so this is great. Um, who yeah, you've wrecked something. You've wrecked something. Yeah, yeah. Turn to the person next to you and tell them what you wrecked. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. It's fine. So awkward. Carrie, come on. <laughs> I actually have a picture of something that one of my kids wrecked, which I think will come up on the screen here. Right. So we bought this house a little while ago, uh, a year and a half ago. And when we moved in, it had this beautiful green carpet everywhere. Had not been replaced since the 70s. It felt like a bowling green, but inside. It was fantastic. And so one afternoon, I decided I was just going to paint one of the walls. There's a few brick walls and I was going to paint them. And my son, Isaac, just like ran through the lounge room and just like kicked the whole bucket of paint over. So we're like, quick, what are we going to do? Run, run. We're like getting the, like the dustpan and broom and we're like trying to sweep the paint up and like put it it actually worked. We got have three quarters of the tin left, which is great. <laughs> but um, maybe you've wrecked something like this. Maybe who's a who's a mum? Is there or any parents here, and your kids have wrecked stuff? Like they've dropped a teacup, or you know, maybe worse. Maybe it's the carpet. I don't know. We we all wreck things, don't we? <laughs> and um, it might surprise you to know that Jesus actually he also wrecked a lot of things. And um, but the cool thing about Jesus is that when Jesus wrecks something, he will wreck whatever is an obstacle for us to know God, whatever is an obstacle for us to come to God and feel loved and accepted by God. And so I love Jesus. I love Jesus so much. If you are new here, I don't know this mix of people, but if you're new here and you haven't been to church much before and church like freaks you out, just start with Jesus. He's actually the best. He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. So Jesus has wrecked a whole bunch of things. And there are lots of good things that happen when we know Jesus and not just know about Him. Um, but that's another message for another day. So we're going to look at a couple of things that Jesus has wrecked in the next few minutes. And my hope today is that Maybe you've even been in church for 20 years and you're here this morning and you're like, I, I do this every week. Like, it's cool. My hope this morning is that even if you've been here for 20 years, that God would show you any barrier, any barrier that you feel that is in the way of you really knowing God, of you having an intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the best. Tell someone next to you, Jesus is the best. Say he's the actual best. Thanks, Chav. <laughs> so Jesus initiated a new way for us to be human so that no one is kept at arm's length from God anymore. How amazing. You are not too far gone. You are not too bad. You are not too flawed. No matter what you did last night, no matter what you did this whole weekend, no matter what you did five years ago, none of this is an obstacle for you to know God and to be accepted by Him. And I love that about Jesus. So wonderful. 
Cool. So we're going to look at a few things that Jesus has wrecked. And just before I do, I heard this amazing story yesterday. Has anyone heard of Robert Madu? Have you heard of Robert Madu? He told this story. He's an African-American pastor. And he told this story about how he um, arrived at an airport and someone was supposed to pick him up because he was going to go preach at their church. Um, and they, someone had sent this guy a picture of Robert Madu. And so that he would know what he looked like, so he could identify him at the airport and pick him up and take him to the church. And I'm um, just no one was no one was coming for him, and no one could find him. And he's looking around, and he saw this guy who looked like he was looking for someone. So he's like, "Are you looking? Are you looking for someone?" He's like, "Yes, I'm looking for Robert Madu." And he's like, "Oh, that's me." And it was a very awkward conversation. And they hopped in the car, and on the way back to the church, the driver said to him, "You just." you don't look like Robert Madu. And he's like, well, what, what, do you, what picture have you got? He showed him the picture and it was this white guy with glasses. <laughs> of course he didn't find him because he looked so different in the picture. And I think that this can happen when we hear about Jesus. There is a picture in our mind of what we think Jesus looks like. <laughs> and sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes who Jesus really is, is actually so different to what we think He is. And I just want to tell you today that He's so good. I'm going to cry. He's so good and so kind and so wonderful. And you know, people are not God. People will fail you. Church is not God. But Jesus is amazing. And if you're going to do anything worthwhile with your life after, after this message even, I would just say, no, Jesus, no, Jesus. <laughs> if we all knew Jesus, oh, the world would be a, just a different place. I just love him. I love him. Okay, so we're going to read from a chunk of the Bible called Hebrews today. So if you have a paper Bible, put your hand up if you have a paper Bible. These are the holy Christians. These are the real Christians. Everyone else, you can grab your phone out. <laughs> we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 8. <laughs> And we're going to read this little chunk. And um, if you get a chance to, over this weekend, just over the next couple of days, why not read through the whole book of Hebrews? It's, it's so wonderful. It's all about how Jesus is better than everything. Jesus is better than everyone. Supreme is the word that is used to describe Jesus. He is supreme. He's better. He's better than everything, than everyone. So go ahead and read it um, when you can over this weekend. For the Bible nerds in the room, some people think that Apollos wrote Hebrews. Some people think that Silas or Barnabas wrote Hebrews. Some people are pretty confident, even since the 1800s, and considering the context that we have surrounding Hebrews, that it is likely to be written by Priscilla. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. <laughs> How amazing. <laughs> no matter, no matter who is the writer, the author in chapters seven and eight, he's talking about all of the old ways that people historically went about knowing God, all of the old ways. And he's saying if this whole old way called the covenant was working, he's saying, she's saying, it could be she, was working, we wouldn't need a new way. Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. But we have Jesus way now and this is a new way because the old way, it wasn't adequate for everybody to know God. It was adequate for some people, but not for everybody. So it just wasn't working for everyone. In fact, one of the old ways that people came to know God or remain a people belonging to God was that you do stuff. You do stuff. You wear the right thing. You sacrifice the right thing. If you're new, animal sacrifice was a thing. It's not anymore. We're not going to do that after the service today. I just want you to, you can relax. You have to wear this. You have to do this. You have to eat this. You have to behave this way. This is how we remain a people belonging to God. So this was the old way. That's crazy, right? In fact, if you were a woman, that was a barrier for you to know God. If you were 
a different nationality, that was another a, a barrier for you to know God. If you liked bacon too much, <laughs> that was a barrier for you to know God. If you were disabled in any way, that was a barrier. But Jesus has removed all barriers, all barriers. So let's read from Hebrews. Chapter 8, verse 10, and this is what it says. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. So this is actually a total legend called Jeremiah, and he's being quoted in this book of Hebrews. And this is what he says. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God. And they will be what? My people. They will be my people. And they, will, they won't say to one another, know the Lord, because they'll all know me from the least of these to the greatest. For I will be merciful, say merciful. I'll be merciful toward their iniquities and I'll remember their sin no more. In speaking of a new covenant, verse 13, he has made the old one, the first one, obsolete. And what is obsolete and growing old will soon disappear. So when we consider all that's going on when this was written, but also when Jesus arrives on the scene, this is what Jeremiah is saying. Do we have it on the next slide? This is what it looks like. No longer will they, God's people, teach their neighbour, other people belonging to God, Teach their neighbour, saying to one another, know the Lord. What does know the Lord mean? It doesn't mean know the Lord like we know the Lord by, by the Holy Spirit today. It means no longer will they say know the Lord. No longer will they say do this, sacrifice this, wear this, whatever. Because they will all know me by the Spirit and not by what they're doing, not by their works. From the least of them, those who have been kept at arm's length by the corrupt implementation of the law and sometimes their physical inability to even apply the law. Some people couldn't get to the temple. Some people couldn't even buy an animal to sacrifice because they were too poor. There were all of these barriers. And Jesus is like, no, none of that, none of that anymore. By the corrupt implementation of the law or, the, or someone's physical or financial or social inability to apply it to the greatest, they will all know me. This is what he's saying. I think this is incredible. There's so much that we can say about this. But because we only have probably 20 minutes left, we're going to keep going. So the whole vibe here is that Jesus' way replaced the law, which required us to know God by our own works, our own sacrifice, our own effort. How amazing. How amazing. So we can know God by His Spirit and not by lawful, empty practices that were often only available to privileged people. So the message says it like this. It says, they'll, they'll all get to know me, the big and the little, the small and the great. They'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins wiped clean. By coming up with a new plan, a new covenant between God and his people, God put the old plan on the shelf and there it stays gathering dust. So what are these things that Jesus wrecked? I think that we can see some of them in this passage and we're going to go through them real quick. Um, before we finish up. So number one, say number one. My church actually hates it when I ask them to say things. So this is really exciting. <laughs> I'm going to be like, those Tamworth people repeat after me. No. <laughs> First thing that Jesus wrecked, rules we couldn't keep. Rules that we couldn't keep. Everything that you have ever heard about what is required for you to know God is now obsolete. It's now wrecked. And, and God sums his, all of these laws, 600 plus laws in the Old Testament. Jesus sums them up like this. Love God and love your neighbour. That's it. How good. <laughs> How amazing. Love God, love your neighbour. Neighbor, and that's it. Number two, barriers we couldn't break. Barriers we couldn't break. 
break. There are no longer any barriers or like hoops that you need to jump through to know God. How wonderful. Not, it's got nothing to do with your gender. It's got nothing to do with your wealth or your nationality or your education or your traditions even. And I love traditions, but they won't help me know God. Only Jesus can do that. Number three, sin we couldn't escape. There is nothing in your past or that you're doing right now that is so horrible or so disjointed or so shocking that Jesus is more offended by that than he is concerned about loving you. There's nothing. There's nothing. And even if nothing changed in that space for you this weekend, that would still be true. He still loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So how your life is right now, it's not a qualifier or a disqualifier for you to know God. How amazing is that? Nothing, nothing is in the way. Long-time followers of Jesus in the building, who's that? Don't freak out. Holiness is so important. Holiness is still so important. It will always be so important. And that's the goal, right? Like, Help me be like you, Jesus. Refine us, God. Teach us, God. Lead us, God. Teach us to be holy. That's the prayer, right? That's the prayer. And just like Jesus wrecked stuff that keeps us at a distance from God, still to this day, Jesus will lead us away from things that will hurt us. He will lead us to leave behind things that aren't good for us because He has a better way. It's not because he, he wants to take something away from you that you love. It's because he's like, I know you think this is really good, but actually I've got another way and it's so much better. It's so much better. This is what Jesus is like. It's amazing. He's amazing. So new friends in the room, and I don't know if there's many here this morning, whoever, whoever it is, new friends, you haven't been in church long or maybe you've only been for a year and a little bit or whatever it is. Um, you need to know that it's not over this side, be holy like all the good people or be forgiven like all the sinners. It's not that. It's not that. And everybody who comes to church here, we know that. We don't think we're good. <laughs> That's why we're here because we need Jesus. We need a saviour. <laughs> no one thinks that we are here because we're better than everybody else. That's not a thing. Not at all. Not at all. And so what it is though, is it's Everybody, all of us together, the 20-year veterans, 50-year, I don't know, however old you are. <laughs> if you've been a Christian forever, if you're a new Christian, what this is, is all of us together, let's all be like Jesus. That's all it is. That's all it needs to be. Let's all be like Jesus together. And Jesus would say, when you do wreck it, and you will, and I will, <laughs> he says, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. When our daughter, Abby, I didn't tell you I was going to tell this story, so I owe you $10. Everyone remind her. <laughs> when, our, when our daughter, Abby, woke up from, she had open heart surgery a few years ago. And it was a crazy big deal for our family. We'd never experienced anything like this before. Um, and so she woke up from her, the second attempt to fix what we thought was wrong. And um, like her, 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 they stop her heart right to do this procedure they pump her blood through this heart lung machine it's nuts it's it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing so this has all happened and she's just waking up she's just waking up from this operation and she can't really see much and she can't talk she's got tubes down her throat and whatnot and um Andrew just keeps saying to her it's okay Abby I'm here I'm here it's okay Abby I'm here <laughs> don't make me cry <laughs> I'm here. And he just kept saying it over and over. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, Abby. I'm right here. Right? 
And God says the same to us today. Like today and forever. I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. Don't get discouraged because you feel like you wrecked things during the week this week. Don't get discouraged. Jesus isn't throwing you out. He's like, let's just keep walking. I'm here. I'm here. Let's just keep walking. So Jesus would say, I've actually taken care of all of your stuff ups. If you give them to me through the pain and even through like the self-inflicted consequences of our sin, right? Sometimes we do just have to walk through that. It's not because God doesn't love you. It's because we've made choices and there are consequences. And it, he doesn't not love you. It's okay. But sometimes we need to walk through that still, don't we? He says, I'm here. I'm here. Let's just keep walking. I'm here. So let's not be a church. And I'm sure you guys are not. And Armadale, Armadale City Church is fantastic too. Let's not be a church that regresses, that, that begins to undo all of the things that Jesus wrecked. He wrecked them for a reason. <laughs> so let's not expect newcomers, for example, to be a certain way, to behave a certain way, to dress a certain way. Let's not regress. Jesus has broken those barriers. Let's not bring them back. Let's not be the ones that bring them back. And I hope that if you're not a Christian here this morning, that you would understand that like we've said, when people like us fail, <laughs> we, it's not, we don't think we're perfect. We, we haven't got it all together. Who's got it all together? Put your hand up in this room. Okay, good. Sometimes I get a bit worried in case there's like a super righteous person. They're like, I have it all together. No, good. I'm glad you don't. I don't have it together either. Maybe Pastor Mike does. He's pretty cool. But Jesus is far superior to every person, to every leader, to every organization, to every whatever, whatever it is that has been an idol, not even an idol, whatever it is that you have looked to for leadership and for perfection and for whatever. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. He's better than all of those things. Okay, we need to keep going. Number four, Jesus wrecked a weight we couldn't carry. Jesus famously says in Matthew 11, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. So he's saying anyone who's tired, exhausted, conflict weary, compassion fatigued, anyone feels a little bit like that at the moment in the world. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. And this word rest, that it's, we've not just translated it straight to this English word rest like you and I know about, like when we're really tired or like when Scarlett hasn't been sleeping all night and we just need to sleep for 48 hours straight. It's not that. He's not talking about that. This word rest, it's actually a concept and it's something that is given to you by another person. It's something that's given to you by another person. So Jesus is saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. He's, he will give it to us. We don't need to manufacture that on our own. Jesus doesn't say, come to me, tell me all, your, all of your problems and then go home and take a month off work. No, he's like, I'll give you rest. I will give it to you. Maybe some of you here need that this morning. I do. And maybe we can pray for that when we finish up this morning. He says, I will give you rest. It doesn't come from something that you do. It's given. It's given to you. And it's provided for you. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. So he's saying, let me lead you. Live this way. Live this way. How? How do we live? And he says, learn from me. This is how we live. We learn from him and we become more Christ-like. And not so that we can be a goody two-shoes, but because when we live Jesus' way, he gives us rest. This is the promise. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) 
He says, learn from me, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I love that Jesus brings our souls into this. This is not just talking about our physical body, like we need to have, what's that crazy energy drink? We need to have six Red Bulls, and it's not that. It's not that. He's like, I'll give you rest for your soul, your emotions, your person, <laughs> your person. I will give you rest for your soul, your emotions, your person. How beautiful. And he's saying, my way is easy. And what I'll give you to carry instead of your own junk, it's not heavy. It's not heavy. Jesus wrecked a weight we couldn't carry. And number five, Jesus wrecked a distance we couldn't close. Paul writes in Romans, um, I think we've got it up here on the screen, in Romans 8. Um, full disclosure, my mum was an amplified Bible reader. Anyone? No? Good. <laughs> no, not good. Um, when my mum would read the Bible, she would read from the Amplified. And I just remember always saying to her, just tell me what you're saying. Like, shorten the sentence. <laughs> just give me the guts of it. Like, this is taking too long. What? What are you trying to say? <laughs> but now I'm a bit older. I'm like, the Amplified. I'm like, tell me everything. This is amazing. <laughs> so Romans 8 and verse 38, it says this, For I am convinced... And continue to be convinced. This is the renewing of our mind, hey. Continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening. It can feel a bit like that right now. Nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing, including no other person, will be able to separate us from the unlimited Love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There's so much that we could say about this and I would love to have a deeper look at this whole passage one time, but suffice to say that any distance that you have felt between you and God, it is erased, it is wrecked, it has been dealt with and it has no power anymore. Cool. So if Jesus wrecked these things, what does this mean for you this weekend here in church in Tamworth, which is not as cold as Armada, what does this mean for you? If you've been in church for 20 years and you know all the things and you do all the things, what does this mean for you? If you've been, if you've been a Christian forever and the reality of these things that Jesus wrecked, if it doesn't still move you, if it doesn't still move you, maybe we need to ask the Holy Spirit to just remind us, to just remind us of the goodness of God. You don't have to be a weeping mess all the time, but let's never get to a point where we come into church and we sing these songs about God's amazing grace toward us and it doesn't move us. <laughs> Jesus is better than everything. It's better than everything. What does it mean for you if you've been struggling to accept that God loves you? and that you're a worthwhile person. And if you've been struggling with this, can you come and see me after and we'll just, we'll just pray together. No animal sacrifices, no, nothing crazy. We'll just pray. Is that cool? And if you're unfamiliar with like what prayer is, we're just talking to God. That's all it is. We're just talking to God who loves us. Cool. So because of all of the stuff Jesus wrecked, it has never been easier for you to know God. It has never been easier for us to approach God and ask Him for whatever we need. Anytime, wherever you are, no matter what time it is, no matter who you're with, no matter what you've been doing. The Bible says in James that if you move close to God, like if you take a step close to God, He moves close to you wherever you are, no matter where you are, no matter who you're with, no matter what you've been doing. If we just take a step close to Him, He takes a step close to us. How beautiful. That's how kind God is. He is so kind. He's so kind. 
It's never been easier. Don't wait until you have your life together, whatever that means. Because I don't have my life together, but it's never been easier for us to take a step close to, closer to God. Jesus has made a way for you and I to know God. And it's a journey that we are all on. But it's not like a contract, cut your hair short, wear a suit kind of thing, is it? It's not. It's a journey. God doesn't care about any of those things. Jesus has wrecked all of those things. <laughs> you don't have to wear a suit anymore. <laughs> Andrew's like, yeah. Andrew didn't even wear a tie to our wedding. That's the whole thing. That's another story. So let's pray together. What do you normally, could we stand together? Yeah, let's stand together and we're just going to pray together. Just going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Andrew was saying, so awkward if you're late here, hey, because when you drag the chair, everyone can hear it. <laughs> so let's pray together. And if this is your first time praying in a group like this, relax. Like I said, we're just talking to God. You've got nothing to lose. And if that's you and you've been on this journey of knowing God and following Jesus, but you've kind of got a little bit off track, just give me a little wave and we'll pray together. Just give me a little wave. You've been on that journey before, you got a little bit off track. Yeah. And um, just give me a little wave as well if you just need some of that rest that we were talking about, the rest that God gives. The rest that God gives, just give me a little wave and we'll pray for you as well. And maybe you just need to be reminded that God says, I'm right here. Just like Abby and Andrew, I'm right here. I haven't left you, I'm right here. So we're just going to pray this really simple prayer together because our prayers don't need to be amazing. They just need to be honest. So maybe you could repeat it with me. God, I need you. I want to follow you, Jesus, for real. Help me and show me who you really are. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me and you wrecked all the barriers. Thank you that you are with me. Help me, Jesus. Lead me on this journey. Amen. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.